Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Brothers Podcast, Baseball Brothers Podcast. This is your host, Sam, and we also have our other host, Jason, here. Hello, hello. Well, this is it. We're talking about the uh, Major League Baseball draft, which took place just over a week ago, and we both have some thoughts on that. It's over a three-day period. As you know, the baseball draft is a little bit different than other sports because most players have to go through some minor league training can go from a couple months to years. So they feel a little different, but we're going to do our best to break it down. So without further ado, Jason, take us off, man. All right. So one thing I wanted to bring up, basic stuff about the draft, is that in baseball you can draft players out of college, and you can also draft people directly out of high school. And Mm -hmm. when you're trying to sign players – Generally, it's going to be a lot more expensive, I put that in quotes, to sign high school players. A lot of them, or pretty much all of them that are getting drafted, are going to have scholarships to good colleges. They might be able to get drafted further up in the future. So you're going to have to give them a lot bigger signing bonus to try to convince them to come play for your team. So that kind of informs strategy. Additionally, college players, you're generally going to see a little bit more or you're able to project a little bit better what kind of player they're going to be, whereas a lot of young high school guys are going to have a lot of potential, but they might be a little bit more likely to flame out, just kind of draft basics. So I think Sam and I are going to walk through um, teams, going in alphabetical order, of course, um, and talk about um, their draft a little bit, especially the picks in the first two rounds. So first up, we have my own Arizona Diamondbacks who had mm-hmm. a massive amount of picks, um, especially on day one with seven picks in the first two rounds because they had a lot of players leave in free agency and got compensatory picks for that. Basically, if one of your players is about to be a free agent and you give them what's called a qualifying offer, which is just a one-year deal that's at some average salary of this certain amount of highest paid players in baseball last year it was 17.6 million for a one-year contract if you offer your player a qualifying offer and then they go to another team then you get a draft pick as compensation so the diamondbacks had a bunch of those kind of picks and the the first three guys that they chose um because they had picks 16 26 and 33 were all um players out of high school um their first pick with, uh, with number 16 is a guy named Corbin Carroll, uh, center fielder. He profiles as a really good contact guy, great speed, good defense. Um, and I think getting him at 16 was a bit of a steal for the Diamondbacks because he's ranked in, in most places to be a top 10 guy. That's what scouting reports said and all that kind of stuff. But um, they already agreed 
to a contract with them and the next two high schoolers they chose, Blake Walston and Brennan Malone. And last thing I have to say about, about those three is that Brennan Malone, he's a right-handed pitcher, um, and he's hit 99 before in high school, which is wow. absolutely insane. His arm strength is going to be crazy. But just in general, the Diamondbacks came into the draft with – like a middling farm system outside of the top 10 for sure, but probably, you know, a little bit still in the upper half. So probably in the 10 to 15 range. And after this draft, including seven picks in the first two rounds and then 10 or 11 players in the top 100, their farm system is definitely going to be shooting up to the top 10, which is nice for a team that's been, uh, you know, folding a little bit the past couple of years as we've lost some players. Uh, Sam, did you want to talk to us a little bit about the Braves draft? Yeah. So actually, um, one of my best friends and roommates, Jonathan, I give him a shout out. He's a huge Braves fan. And so it looks like at least going to the first round, they had at pick, uh, pick nine, they drafted a college ready catcher. Um, so he has a strong arm and, and glove and plus power. Um, so his name is Shea Lang- Langoliers, I think his name is. Um, they uh, rated him as his mixed offensive track record, but was hot during Big 12 play. And so Big 12 has a lot of good baseball schools. Uh, so I think that was a good pick. Looks like they stayed with the college theme. They took a second baseman named Braden Shoemake from Texas A&M. That's where my sister lives, right near there. Um, they said he has a good-sized frame, and he's very crisp and clean with his uh, – of his range, um, good spectrum, they said. So uh, they also had another pick, uh, Leo Phillip. He's a shortstop. He's also another college guy. It says he's, he's a, they like his age. He's under 21. Um, he has contact feel, and he's a good middle infielder. So it looks like they're really shoring up their infield with the draft to start off with. Yeah, and uh, a couple of those picks were, you know, um, a lot different than a lot of scouting reports and at least like mock drafts and stuff have been showing. So although it'll be a few years before I'm sure we're going to hear from these players again, it'd be interesting to see whether the Braves got it right and saw something everybody else didn't. Right. Okay, so next up is the Baltimore Orioles. And of course – after their abysmal 2018 season, they got the number one overall pick. And with that, they took catcher <laughs> Adley Rutschman out of Oregon State. And his strengths, at least according to fan graphs, are, quote, everything. Essentially, um, great defensive catcher, hits well t- with power to all fields, and really the only thing that's not incredible about him is his speed, but he's a catcher, so you're not really expecting that anyway. On top of that, during the NCAA regionals, um, his team, he currently attends Oregon State, uh, was playing Cincinnati, and Oregon State was down 5-2 to two with nobody out in the bottom of the seventh with the bases loaded, and Rutschman was intentionally walked. Cincinnati would rather walk in a run with a three-run lead than let Rutschman bat with the bases loaded. So if that gives you an impression of him, he's an incredible talent, and it would be awesome for the Orioles to get to see him in the majors in a couple of years. Um, Apart from that, 
they took a high school third baseman um, and named Gunnar Henderson, and then a right fielder, Kyle Stowers, out of Stanford. Both power kind of guys. Um, there's there's still a lot to see there, but of course, highlight of their draft, Adley Rushman, very exciting player. I'm gonna have to be following his journey through the minor leagues, starting with rookie league this fall. Absolutely. So you want to tell us about the Red Sox? Yeah, absolutely. So the Boston Red Sox, which actually a uh, pretty frequent guest host on this episode, Chris, Chris, one of my buddies up in Green Bay, he's a huge Red Sox fan. I actually went with him when we visited Fenway, you know, it's about five years ago for his bachelor party. So shout out to Chris. This is his team. Um, from what I read, the Red Sox should be thrilled with their, their haul that they had. They had the smallest draft pool in the league. But they still ended up with what people are saying is pretty good draft. So pick 43, they had a guy named Cameron Cannon. He's a third baseman. He's played college ball at Arizona. He had plus stats and a plus bat, and he's a pretty solid infielder. Uh, it's said that he was likely to go um, – with a large collection of college infielders that they liked in that range. So they, there was a lot of depth of that position, especially in infield, middle infield positions. So he can play third. Looks like he can play some other spots that they need, but they're most likely a third baseman. So then they also went right, the position right over to his left. They went with a shortstop, Matthew Lugo. He's only 18. He's right out of high school. Um, they love that he's young. He has good frame. And a lot of projection had him the 26th ranked prospect, or at least on one list, but he lasted all the way to 69th. So they're not sure what the slide was, but it wasn't because he wanted a high bonus. So I think that that's actually pretty happy with their limited uh, slots that they had there. Yeah. Um, a team that also had only two uh, picks on day one, the Chicago Cubs, didn't seem to have as uh, surprising of a a draft um their first pick with number 27 was a pitcher named ryan jensen out of fresno state um he is mainly a fastball guy at this point with high velocity on the fastball and a lot of movement at least um but the cubs have been mostly focusing on college arms in recent years rather than the kind of high school guys like the diamondbacks went after and um Additionally, there was a uh, – or their other pick was a guy named uh, Chase Strumpf, a second baseman out of UCLA. Basically, they just they just went for some safe college picks, uh, although a lot of people had – or at least Fangrass had Jensen ranked at 55th based on their, their scouting reports, and the Cubs picked him at 27th. So it seems like they jumped for him a little bit there. But we will uh, – We'll we'll see how that one turns out, but not a particularly notable draft for them. Right, yeah, and they didn't have much to work with. You're right. Um, and then they're the same neighbors in Chicago, uh, so the White Sox. They had the third pick in the draft, and they went with this big first baseman, Andrew Vaughn. He went to Cal. Um, he hits for uh, power, and you know he gets on base. Uh, they really, the Chicago has a history of drafting college bats under Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn. So they that wasn't a big surprise, but it's kind of surprising that they do have a current first baseman. But if you're projecting three, four years down the road, this could be the replacement for their stud first baseman right now. They also went with a right-handed pitcher out of high school, Matthew Thompson, right-handed pitcher. 
They said what it says is a long-limbed teenager with great delivery who's been in the mid-90s for years. So that's huge. You have a teenager that's already in the mid-90s, and you yeah. can work with professional coaches and develop that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, interesting note about Vaughn is that uh, his sophomore year of college, he just finished up his junior year before being drafted, um, he slashed 402, 531, 819. An absolutely insane line for an OPS of, what, 1350 over the course of an entire season. Um, So the next year, his junior year before he got drafted, was um, he got pitched around a lot. But... That all of obviously all that talent is still there. He did a lot of damage still this season, but that that's just an insane slash line. And I think if he would have been able to do again, he would have been. Uh, I mean, he was already picked third, but he could have been challenging Rutschman for the first pick. Probably not, because Rutschman's even more insane than that. I don't mm-hmm. have his numbers up right now, but you know, there uh, usually in baseball drafts, the top couple picks are just leaps and bounds above everybody else at this point. But as you see, plenty of number one picks flame out and never even reach the majors. Like, what, the 2015 uh, draft. No, not 2015. It was 2013. The Cubs took Chris Bryant second overall. But Mm -hmm. uh, the Astros had the number one pick, and um, they took Mark Apple who never oh, played yeah. Major League Baseball, never even played in AAA. And, of course, Chris Bryant, his first season won Rookie of the Year, his second year uh, won MVP, and then brought, uh, brought a World Series to the Cubs for the first time in 108 years. So, you know, sometimes drafts don't quite work out like Mark Apple, and sometimes they work out incredibly well like Chris Bryant. <laughs> Either way, yeah. Um, and still, from what we know now about the the top picks, they're all looking very talented. So, I guess we'll see how they uh, they work out in the future. Um, next up, the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, they had the seventh pick in the draft, and with that, took a guy named Nick Lodolo, a pitcher out of TCU, who was the um, premier pitching prospect. Um, in this draft, uh, he didn't sign as a Pirates first rounder out of high school um, a couple of years ago, and uh, he has three plus pitches so far. So I'm assuming I'm assuming fastball, changeup, curveball, which is pretty impressive for a guy that is still in college. Um, yeah, great curveball, fastball since 92-94. Um, and he's got a, a big frame, great breaking ball. So, at least when it, when it comes to college pitchers, him being this developed but then actually still having a ton of potential is is a pretty rare package to get. So, I can understand him going that early. Um, and then the other guy the Reds picked up, a guy named Reese Hintz, um from high school, a right fielder. Tons of power, and he's a he's six four and a huge guy, and uh, we'll see how uh, how he ends up turning out. There's there's not a ton we know about him, unlike some of the other high school prospects. 
Yeah, time will tell. Uh, should I cover the Indians now? Go for it. All right. So the Indians, they had two picks in the in the top 65 there. Um, they went with a right-handed pitcher out of Premier Academy High School, um, Daniel Espinino. Uh, he's 18. He has high velocity and spin rate. Um, some fun facts on him. He's shown about the best stuff in prep pitcher. And any prep pitcher in the draft, he hits 100 miles per hour and has two-plus breaking balls, and he knows how to use them. The only knocks are they say he's, like, a little inaccurate, but he can throw it so fast it's like, it's like at that age, who's going to hit that or who's going to hit that in the majors, you know. So a lot of potential with that guy. Um, there's some with another high school guy. I'm going to try this name, Yordis Valdez. He's a shortstop. He's only 17. So they like that. He's athletic, and he's super young for the class, so they say he has a shot just because he's he's already getting drafted at that age. You know, that's a good pick. Yeah. Um, next up would be the Colorado Rockies. They had three picks on day one, starting off with uh, a first baseman out of UCLA, Michael Toglia, um, who rates as a, a pretty typical – college first baseman um did really well in the the conference tournament against uh the rest of the pack 12 and some of the top pitching which seems to have raised his draft stock quite a bit because Fangraphs originally had him at 46 and the Rockies took him with the 23rd pick apart from him they took a guy named Aaron Shunk a third baseman out of Georgia and Carl Kaufman a right-handed pitcher out of Michigan, um, who already has a plus slider. And he also uh, is, of course, as you'd expect from the Rockies, a sinker baller, as they always go for guys with who throw two seams or over four seams, since they're trying to get all those ground balls, keep balls out of the air at Coors Field, where things just fly and never stop. So pretty typical draft. For the for the Rockies, it seems. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. Um, so we will move on to the Tigers. So we got about 11 minutes left in this episode. So the Tigers. So they had the fifth pick in the draft. Um, they were rumored for quite a long time. You know, there's a lot of projections. It says here uh, they drafted Riley Green. He's a right fielder. Um, he went. He's a he went to Haggerty High School. He's known for. Um, He's good polish, hitting, and power combo. Um, they said he was strapped to be a 60-hit, 60-power right fielder. Um, they think he'll be an everyday type outfielder, So, and he's pretty fast, too. So they got that going for him. And then at pick 47, they got a third baseman named Nick Quintana out of Arizona. So he played near where you are, Jason. Um, says he yeah. has good pop, has a good range with a glove, and they said one of his strengths is his hair. So I think he... I looked at a picture. You used to have like Bryce Harper kind of hair, really long hair. So pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, if you've ever seen the movie Moneyball, there's uh, jokes in there about how much before the whole uh, Moneyball kind of statistical revolution came around, how much scouts valued players' appearances, how like marketable they would be, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so right. seeing hair as a strength in there is uh, pretty amusing. <laughs> So I'm looking forward to Detroit having Nick Quintana on front in the front of all of their 
marketing materials, him and his wonderful hair. Anyway, uh, <laughs> next up, we have the, the Houston Astros, who had the 32nd and the 68th picks in the first and second round. Took a guy named Corey Lee, a catcher out of Cal, and Gray Kessinger, a shortstop out of Ole Miss. Of course, the Astros already, they still have a pretty deep farm system, probably top five, despite their current success. So these are guys I would not think we will be hearing from anytime soon. But uh, Corey Lee, the catcher, is profiled for having unusually fast speed for a catcher um, and put up big numbers in the spring, which kind of moved him up the draft board for a lot of people. Um, at the last minute. And then um, Gray Kessinger walked more than he struck out in college playing in the SEC, which tends to have some of the top strikeout pitching talent. And seems like uh, he has some atypical swing mechanics, which is something that Houston's been big on, on working on, uh, making a lot of adaptations. Interestingly, they did not go with any pitchers, but then again, their staff is just fine as it is. But with how much they've focused on spin rate and all that kind of stuff and been at the front end of that kind of uh, revolution, uh, pun intended, uh, we haven't really seen anything (laughs) out of their drafts recently involving pitching. I guess next up we got the Royals. Yeah, absolutely. So fun fact, it's my hometown Kansas City Royals and they're my American League team, so I do have two teams I like. So Royals are my hometown team. I'm actually hoping to see the Royals play Saturday in Minneapolis. I got standing room only tickets because the Twins are good. And then I might see a Royals game next weekend. I'm in Kansas City, so might see some bad Royals baseball. But anyway, I'll talk about that later. <laughs> they had the second pick in the draft. They went with Bobby Wood Jr. He's shortstop. He's 19. They've also been linked to him for quite a while. Um, he's a very good shortstop. His dad played in the majors for the Rangers and some other teams. Um, his strength just says everything. So he's he's pretty much a tool player is what it sounds like. Um, potential superstar. Um, so I, I like that. He also went with another shortstop, but often when teams have multiple shortstops, that means, you know, they can play another position. That shortstop you can even transition to center field or another numerous infield positions a lot of times. So they went with Brady McConnell out of Florida. So a college guy, he has power, speed, and shortstop tools. So somewhere in there, one of them, if they both make up to the majors, they both won't play shortstop, obviously. Um, see, they also went with the right-handed pitcher, Alec Marsh. Um, he's uh, 21 years old out of Arizona state. He has great command and, Marsh is deadly, it says, when he's breaking ball fuel. Um, so he has really good big league pitches, so really good movement stuff. And that's that's a plus if you're going to make it in the big league. So. Yeah, and uh, interestingly about uh, Bobby Witt Jr., the guy who they picked second overall, um, he kind of profiles like a Trevor Story type of player, kind of shortstop, power first guy, but he's also mm-hmm. a lot more athletic, lot better defensively and has more speed than uh, than Story does. So that's what people are expecting at this point. Very good pick for the Royals. And yeah. then uh, next up, we have the Angels. Los yep. Angeles had two picks on day one. 
Um, took a guy named Will Wilson with the 15th pick, a second baseman out of NC State. Um, they're at the he's a he's younger for a college player, not quite 21, so still in his junior year there. And uh, the other guy they took a high schooler a guy named Kyron Paris, who at the time of the draft is not even 18 yet. He won't be until later in the year. Um, another middle infielder there, shortstop. And as he got a little bit older over the past eight months or so, he had a lot of advances in athleticism and all that kind of stuff. So he flew up draft boards and seems like the angels were ahead of that. So they had a pretty good draft with their two picks. Yep. All right. So the Dodgers, we're going to try to crank out two teams. We got five minutes. I think we can do it. So, Los Angeles Dodgers. So they went with pick 25. They got a guy named Cody Posey. I think that's how you say it. He plays third base out of Tulane. His strengths are he has great stats all around the board, great athleticism, and he's big frame, so strong body. Um, a significant pop-up guy. So he's going to hit into the outfield. Um, they also have uh, Michael Bush, a first baseman, the 31st pick out of North Carolina. He also... He's great value, it says a 31, and he has good power and stats. Then they also went at pick 78. They went with a guy named Jimmy Lewis, a right-handed pitcher out of high school, Lake Travis High School. He has solid frame, great spin, and so he's very flexible and a good arm. So they'll hope to develop that talent, obviously. Yeah. Um, the Dodgers' first draft pick, uh, Cody Hayes, Maybe I'm I'm really not sure on the last name. Your guess was as good as mine, but um, yeah, he was he was kind of not even on anybody's radar just a few months ago until people realized <laughs> that his stats, despite playing at a smaller college, were still absolutely insane. He put up a 1300 OPS with 23 homers and a 38 to 30 walk to strikeout ratio. So wow. walking almost what, 1.3 times as many as he strikes out. Um, mm. He also has great bad, bat speed, which has been uh, the main confidence-inducing trait for people who are just seeing the stats and wondering if he can develop um, to face major league pitching when at the moment he's only facing low-level college pitching. So bit of a risky pick, but could pay off big if this blip on the radar is, is something real. Right, I like that. And then I yeah, guess, good. yeah, I guess this brings us to our last teams today. We'll have gotten through 15, and that'll be the Miami Marlins. They had the fourth pick in the draft and took a guy named J.J. Blade, which is a great baseball name, if I might say. <laughs> uh, he's a right fielder out of Vanderbilt, one of the top three or four guys in the draft. Makes sense why he went um, that early. He led all of college in home runs. He's an athletic corner outfielder, not just stuck in right field for bad defense or anything. Um, He was not great in high school and then started to develop a lot in college. Um, And he had originally been a pitcher, so he's only been hitting pretty much primarily for the past two seasons. So, he already shows a ton of promise, obviously getting picked fourth overall, but 
he could be incredible moving forward. I'm a, I'm a big fan, um, especially considering how early he is in his development compared to a lot of the other college players who went pretty early. Right. Other than that, uh, last two guys to, to race through with the 35th pick, uh, the Marlins took a guy named Cameron Misner, right fielder out of Missouri, left-handed bat with a lot of power. And then with the 46th pick, took a guy named Nassim Nunez, shortstop, high schooler, great defender, and potential switch hitter kind of guy. Great day for – great first day of the draft for Miami, who profiles right now around like a middle-of-the-road farm system. This was a huge draft towards them starting to rebuild. A great start. Um, one other Absolutely. thing I want to mention during the last couple of seconds we have here – um, my Diamondbacks had a bunch of picks even after day one. They already had seven on day one, whereas none of the other teams we've covered have had more than three. And other than that, they had they were able to sign 11 guys who at least Fangraphs had in the top 100 prospects. Wow. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um <laughs> Like, n- none of their top picks didn't sign with them. So, a farm system that started slightly outside of the top ten, we're going to be catapulting up there. So, future does look good for the Diamondbacks, even if the present looks like a slow decline to mediocrity. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better, Jason. Well, thanks for being on. Hey, guys, also thanks for listening to this. You know, give it a like and a rating on iTunes. So, we're the B-Bros podcast on Twitter. You can also follow us on iTunes. You can find us there, the Baseball Brothers Podcast. So, Jason and I, thank you again for being on here. Um, you know, we'll be on again. We're going to do part two of the draft hopefully this weekend. We'll also squeeze in a news one this weekend, too. So, lots of content coming your way. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you.